0: Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps.
1: How much pressure is put on youngsters to make it onto the local sports team? And what happens when they're rejected? Who's there to pick up the pieces? Probably you, if you're a parent. In their world, being benched can have a big effect and is enough being done to help with the disappointment of not making the cut and how much of a problem is it? Well, sports editor with the Limerick Leader, Don O'Sullivan joins me in the studio and good morning to you. Uh, We have uh, Mum Sharon on the line and uh, we're also joined on the line by the manager of the under-14 Limerick uh, ladies Gaelic football team, John McNamara and uh, you're all very welcome. Um, Sharon, um, good morning to you. Uh, tell me a little bit uh, about how you see uh, this problem and how it can manifest itself. Good morning. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing?
2: Hi, how are you? I good. didn't know you were talking to me. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, I, I, do, um, I do think it has changed an awful lot over the years. I see different age groups now and they in the underage and things like that. They try to make sure everyone gets on. Yes. As as they get older, I think really um, that in itself. I would have had uh, a boy that would have gone for the county, and I think just for him to get to the county when they're picking and they, they you know they're dropped each one. I think really in my case, I can only speak about myself. I told him just to be picked was an achievement. And from there on in, uh, to take whatever knowledge they were giving. And if he got dropped, it could have been something simple on the day. It could have been maybe you didn't have a great game or something like that. And just to try and make them feel that it's not their fault. It's not, you know, anything like that. I know it is hard when they are benched, but I think if the parent really doesn't make a big deal out of it,
1: um, but Sharon how does he react to that you know clearly for the person involved it can often be a big thing
2: Well I, I, I'm lucky enough because um, in in the sense of my young fellow, that I had told him uh, what an achievement he had made just to get that far and I mean you can't uh, as he, he would go on if it was a thing that he was bench he was okay you know I would say to him look just not today that's the way it goes and you know maybe the next time or... and not make such a big deal out But that he wasn't that upset about it yeah. and uh, I mean in life that's going to happen in life so if we don't prepare them when they're young as they go on through life they're not going to be prepared for not getting that job not doing this they wouldn't be able to accept rejection is personally what I think So I think it's how uh, it's dealt with. Now, years ago, I would have said there was a a lot more favouritism and things like that in between clubs and things. But now I do see a big change. Um, Every child does seem to get on. And I think... Well, it'd be interesting to hear Sorry, Joe. The one other thing I wanted to say was, it had crossed my mind, that when they're small, um, if you were teaching them piano or something like that, they have to practice during the week. Now, I think it's important to get them to practice whatever sport they're doing during the week so that they're not just going into their training night. Um, yes. And that's the only way to I bit see what you mean in terms of
1: skills. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. John McNamara, I mean, you know, it's a delicate thing, isn't it? You know, particularly when you're dealing with teenagers under 14s, as uh, you do.
3: Joe, good morning to yeah. you um, and good morning to your listeners um, Joe, yeah I mean look Sharon has probably nailed it there on one or two with her one or two of her words as well where she said like you know that it's important that you know that children can learn from a young age as well and that parents have a big role to play as well and look Joe, it was no different than what I was involved this year because yeah teenagers they, they are at a I suppose a crucial age in their life and, and it can be very tricky because they're probably trying to do so many things they're involved in a couple of sports then they're compared in maybe sports as well and you know they go back to their friends and it can be very very tricky Joe and, and girls as well as what, what where I've been involved with and more so than boys and, and they can be quite giddy Joe and you, you have to try and balance it and, you know, sometimes I suppose, you know, a lot of girls can be left to train and, and you know, you, it's important to have the right number of coaches and, like, the, the whole idea, Joe, you know, where I will come from is that they enjoy the experience. Um, no one should really be worried about whether you win winning under 10, under 12 or under 14 at the moment. It's probably all about girls getting girls and boys and girls to play sport, you know, for 9, 10, maybe 12 years and that, you know, you've, you've the same numbers playing under 18 that you had at under 10. And and that's that has to be the the way forward, Joe. Yeah. Whatever way we can all come together to make sure that happens needs and, to be the way. And
1: it's a particularly big challenge to keep girls playing into adulthood, isn't it?
3: Uh, quite right, Joe. It certainly is because what, what see what's going to happen is the junior stuff comes in, exams come in, and you know more more pressure comes in, and you know and and it is because I suppose like where maybe sport is number one, maybe at, at the age of ten and eleven and twelve, it doesn't become the priority. You know, maybe the years on, so so that's why uh, it should never be about the coaches. It should it should only be about the experience that the girls actually have when they're at that age. And then you get to the stage where they, you know, where they enjoy playing football and want to come. And, and it, we need to get that enjoyment more into us.
1: Yes, um, but how do you manage scenarios where obviously you have to pick your first team and your subs and people who make the panel and don't make the panel? You know, are you preparing people for that? during yeah. the week uh, is it about one to one conversations or what
3: yeah and like George this would have been my first year involved with a county team and look I certainly made mistakes this year and I'll, I'll hold my hand up to that as well but you try and do the best you can and I would have learned a lot this year as well and like I suppose like it's certainly different with the club and county but just to finish with the county minute like we would have tried I suppose the, the, the problem with county panels is that you've extended panels as well Joe and, and they can be actually caused maybe more trouble than, than required it might be easier just to have a panel at the start and then you just pick your team from the panel but you take an extended panel because especially in Limerick where Camogie is such a big sport as well and you deal with injuries and stuff and look all we could do Joe this Saturday was was communicate everything to the girls and to the parents and we would have started with 37 and we always knew we, we, would, we could only take to the games. And that did cause a bit of trouble at times but we, we probably tried two or three different ways um, of feedback to the girls and of feedback to the parents and look, I, I'm not even sure, Joe, did we actually get the right answer in the end but but we certainly learned through the year, Joe, and I think that's all we can do and, and like we, we'd probably be better for another year but we, we've tried to... Um, communicate is the crucial thing and, and once parents understand that and girls understand that I think there is a, a way you can do it and you can, also, you, know, you can also put it back to the girls that you know maybe this week you're playing in a certain county so you maybe need more defenders or more forwards or whatever so you, you might have extra attackers in your system and you know next week you try and give them a game and that's the way we've tried to do it Joe right. um, but maybe Joe on the club side of it it's slightly different because I think on the club side it's very, very important, Joe, that all girls get games, and there should be no picking in clubs, and you should enter two teams, Joe, if you have a lot of numbers, um, and, and in fairness to the county in Limerick, Joe, they have put in an extra group in the under-14 level this year, where if you have a second team at under-14 level, you can put a second team into the competition, and they've taken the competitive age out of the under-12 as well, Joe, for the first half of the season, so I think there are positives going forward. Okay.
1: Okay. All right, stay with us uh, manager of the under 14 Limerick Ladies Gaelic football team John McNamara. We're chatting to Mum Sharon who has direct experience uh, of this uh, sports editor with the Limerick Leader Donna Sullivan is also with me in the studio and also on the line we have freelance sports writer Gary Doyle and we'll be back with all of them after this very short break. WhatsApp or text us on 95 We're asking how much pressure is put on the youngsters to make it onto the local sports team and what about dealing with rejection? And uh, on the line we have manager of the under-14 Limerick Ladies Gaelic football team, John McNamara. We also have mum Sharon We've sports writer Gary Doyle and in the studio we have sports editor with the Limerick leader, Don O'Sullivan. Um, and this is not confined to any particular sport. isn't This is a challenge for all all sports especially underage Don
4: yeah absolutely Joe um, the big thing I suppose that everyone has touched on so far is making sport fun that's the number one thing anytime someone decides to, to leave the house and get involved in sport is a positive in this day and age the big thing from a coaching point of view and it's very hard to do is to manage expectations and um, certain players will be at the top of of certain teams and then other th- other players might need three or four years to develop and the big thing to remember is not everyone develops the same not everyone is going to have the same interests at the same time at the same age you just have to manage the expectations and I think the, everyone has mentioned about the kids so far the other thing is the parents they, they need to know what the coach is thinking you know if a decision is made to drop a player even hate using that word but not play a player um Sometimes the parents can get involved and ask, you know, why the coach has to have an answer for them as much as the player. And the big thing is that parents, coaches, and kids need to a enjoy going training, and b they need to go back training, make sure the numbers are there, widen the base, play as many sports as you possibly can, because it's been shown that people that play multiple sports, um, benefit in the end, long term, uh, as opposed to being specified too young. Um, and just I suppose manage expectations from the coach; he can't treat all 30 the same because only 15 can play Um, and then as long as he looks after the 15 that aren't playing the same as he would the 15 that did play in terms of respect and uh, giving them examples of why they're not playing and why they will play next week then everyone will be happy. It's when those waters get muddied everyone's in trouble. Yeah.
1: I mean Gary Doyle all of us have stood on pitches and uh, on sidelines and heard parents acting as if the under-12 game was the equivalent of the Rugby World Cup final or the mm-hmm. All-Ireland hurling final. So mm-hmm. parents have a role to play here too, don't they?
0: Absolutely, yeah. And that's that was a really good point made earlier about how parents have to be the ones that, that manage the expectations of their child. And that's so true. Uh, there is a danger. I've been a underage coach and I've been I've been very lucky actually with the with the parents who who supported the team when they came to the matches they they supported in the right way they, they made the made nice noises they weren't demanding of their child I've also been on sidelines thankfully when I haven't been involved with certain teams where I've seen parents effectively live out their own dreams through their children and it's very it's it, it ends up the team suffers. the the kid The kid suffers in the end from I think from being much from just being pressurized by by the parent, who would be too involved, too intense, shouting too loudly, and um, just just not being calm enough or mature enough to uh, to allow the, the children play. Uh, now, having said that, I can't be too preachy about this because I've also <laughs> been on the sideline as a parent. And when you see your child uh, do something, you know, beyond what you expect them to do, you can't help getting excited. So it's not, there's just basically, there isn't an easy answer, I don't think, Joe. Uh, parents are investing their time in their children and when they're seeing when they're seeing their children on a sports field they just want to see them do well they want to see them express themselves and enjoy themselves and sometimes they get just get caught up in the moment so as I say I can't take the high moral ground on this and uh, I don't think any of us can yeah. uh, you yeah. know it is that was, uh, it, there is just the conundrum coaches I feel I feel for for the coach that have 37 players um Possibly, if, I'd say, as he said, he, as as John said earlier, uh, he would learn from the fact, learn from from things he did this year. I'd suggest go with fewer players next year, and then you don't have as many issues to deal with. It's just not an easy, not an easy thing because, uh, like in John's case, he's given up his time and uh, and he's investing time in other people's children, and that has to be admired. Uh, any coach. Who invests their time in in sport uh, effectively is is taken away from their own family time and their own and their own free time. And again, you just have to take their hats off to, yeah. to to those
1: people. Yeah, I mean, Sharon, you know, it is a real dilemma because the kids on the team generally want to win matches, and you know, some of the pressure comes from there. Some of it comes from the parents, some of it can come from the coach if they take a particular approach to it as well. You know, It's complicated and of course now with all the health worries and health dilemmas that we have among young people, we want them beyond competitive sport to remain active into adulthood. This is complicated stuff, isn't it? Um, it's,
2: it is, it's very complicated and... I think really, you know, just going, as I said, from my own experiences, I mean, I have a 22, 20, 14, eight, So I have done all the sports with, you know, with all different um, county, without county, everything. But I think really the only way I kind of work at Joe is I am one of the parents. I love a good match. I love a good match and I'm there and you know, and I would be encouraging and shouting on our team and things like that. But at the end of it, win or lose, when he gets into the car, my first words to any of them are, Listen, you might you played brilliantly. That's whether they lose the win or whatever, you were great. You played brilliant. If it was a the thing they lost, I will tell them, Listen, you played great Everything was grand. And I'd wait a day or two. And if there was something that I found that was with himself, I might say, um, and I'd wait until that momento is over, not to kind of hit them straight away with um, something, especially when they're feeling a bit down. And I might say, well, you know, do you think that uh, you should have done that? a day yeah. or two later, and kind of talk out the match then a day yeah. or two yeah. later with them. Yeah. And, you know, but it is it is very hard. I mean, going back years ago, it would have been different. Um, I, I have seen a big change in coaching. Yes. A
1: yeah. big,
2: big change. Yeah.
1: I mean, the, the other thing, John McNamara, is that, that, you know, adults, when they're dropped, don't like it. One bit either, you know. There's a there's a natural tendency towards competitiveness, isn't there, John?
3: Sorry, Joe. Yes, um, Joe. That's that's probably there. That's all there all the time, and it's probably looking grand in a lot of us as well.
1: And, and to be honest, you want it to an extent, don't you? You know, the the bottom line is if it is about competition. If there's zero competition, and I know there is a move towards that at certain levels of underage, where it doesn't matter who wins or loses, even on a, a given day in a given match. But as they move up the ranks, the players themselves want to win.
3: Yeah, Joe, and that, that, yeah, you're right there, and that's why you know, you know, it probably can't be taken out of even under fourteen level because you'll probably have your stronger players then will go pick the sports, you know, where there is competition, you know, so and you'll end up probably with the, you know the likes of Dublin and Cork, you know, still doing well out of it, so that's probably not the answer either. So, like competition, you know, f- certainly at the younger age, you're, you're right, you know, probably should be taken out, but probably at under fourteen level, it probably needs to remain. Um, but like, it, it's just, Joe, I think, you know, maybe it's something for the county boards and something for the Crow to to relook at it again. But the more games. I think that you can give at underage level is probably the way forward because the more games that you have available to you, is more games the players can play and and I think everyone benefits then because... you know, I think to was said there by Don um, where, you know, girls, uh, boys and girls develop at different ages. You know, some girls can be lucky. They can be maybe fourth in a family of three older brothers or whatever, or fourth or fifth in a family where some girls could be the oldest in a family or could be an only child, yeah. Joe. And, you know, different things, different girls yeah. and boys will develop at different ages. And all that has to be taken into account yeah. as well. And Don is quite right there.
1: Right. You know? uh, well, um, uh, Lister says, uh, Joe, I'm a mum. I couldn't care less whether my son scores a try or a goal. But when he turns out for every training session and never, ever gets picked for a team, it does drive me mad. He wants to give up now and I'm inclined to let him because he's losing all love of sport. I tried to talk to the manager but he told me he's just not good enough at 14 so he may never play a sport again after this bad experience. Don?
4: Yeah, it's a, probably a failing of the coach there on that team and the, and the coaches on the team's previous two Joe, because I'm um, I kind of live my life as a coach myself, Joe, based on, a coach told me years ago, if you put the cones and the balls into the boot and you're thinking to yourself, take them back out and go back in, it's not about you, it's about the players. So if there's someone on your team that isn't uh, feeling part of the group, that's the fault of the coach. Um, that's between the eyes there for that guy, because nobody should feel at that age in particular that they, they should give up. Um, I mean, I coach everything from, as you know, Joe, your Munster senior team all the way down to Crescent Camp schools teams. And It's all about including everyone in every single session and making sure that everyone feels like they're part of it. Yes, some players are better than others but it's the coach's job to bring everyone up to a certain level and and to make everyone feel involved And, and the competitive nature will grow as things go on but you have to have the exact same number of players if not more at the end of the year than you did at the start which John mentioned. It has to be an inclusive environment, it has to be a game based environment and it has to be a fun environment and obviously that child wants to pull away from sport at 14 that's a failing of the coach
1: yeah you know and I'm realising as I get older how lucky I was as a kid I had very little talent but I was included they found ways of keeping me involved you know even if it was bringing water onto the pitch or whatever I still felt part of the whole part of the team experience and I have a lifelong love of sport
4: well particularly in a club environment and I I see this all the time um, across all the clubs if you've 20 players I mean 5 of them might go on and play pro Another five might play at that club forever. Another five might give up, which is natural. But the other five will end up being your secretary, your chairman, your involved in the club for life. And you've got to look after that 20 as much as the five pros.
1: Okay. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate that. Uh, Sports editor with the Limerick leader, Don O'Sullivan. Great to hear from Sharon as well about her own experience as uh, a mum and manager of the under 14 Limerick ladies Gaelic football team, John McNamara, and freelance sports writer, Gary Doyle. Call Limerick today now on 461995.